In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Growing up as a boy in our neighborhood, the gray-bearded old Mr. Jones lived down the street, and his wife's name was Manda. I later learned that Manda was only a nickname that Mr. Jones gave her early on in their marriage, and the name stuck. The story was that Mr. Jones said her tongue was like a salamander, hence Manda. Salamanders, I've learned, can shoot their tongues a distance of 80% of their body length and with great accuracy snatch up prey in a few thousandths of a second. Manda, they say, Mr. Jones once said, is skilled with her tongue as David was with a slingshot. I get the feeling, however, that Mr. Jones was just as skilled with his tongue as was Mrs. Jones with hers. May they both rest in peace. At any rate... Had you told me that one day I would be standing in this pulpit preaching a sermon on taming the tongue, I simply would not have believed it. However, that's what I'm doing. It is, of course, in light of this passage that we read from James this morning, which is all about the impossible human condition evidenced by the words that fall from our lips. And let me say up front that this is not a typical how to tame the tongue sermon because James said it so clearly, no human being can control the tongue. And notice he didn't say, this is in verse 8, notice he didn't say that no one could tame the tongue. He said, uh, no man, which means that it is all by the grace of God. Now, first of all, what does the Bible teach us about the tongue? Now, the, the Bible has long used sins of the tongue to describe fallen human nature. Remember that famous verse from Isaiah, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live in a land of people of unclean lips. And in Romans 3.12, Paul said, No one does, does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. We use our tongues to sin. Over and over again, the Bible warns us, it's the destructive nature of the tongue. Job speaks of the lash of the tongue. Jeremiah said the tongue is a deadly arrow. So it's a little one that the psalmist wrote. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now James has more to say about the tongue than any other book of the Bible. And interestingly here, as we saw, James has these intriguing analogies to illustrate the powerful influence of the human tongue, uh, as small as the human tongue is. He compared a tongue uh, to a horse's bit, to a rudder on a ship, to a flame, a little spark of flame that can develop into a forest fire. And his point is that though relatively small, the influential uh, uh, is immensely influential so that his point is that nothing is more vital uh, than the control of the tongue. And he goes on to say that every kind of beast and bird, uh, reptile, sea creature has been tamed by humankind, but no human being, he said, can tame his own tongue, calls it a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And so we see here on one hand, James is saying we must control the tongue. And then right on the other hand, he says, 
No man can control the tongue. This is the impossible possibility, to quote Karl Barth, of the human condition. Well, I pause here to ask is if, if that is your experience. Now, would you agree, agree with what the Bible teaches here about the power of the tongue, the power of your tongue? Are you always in control of your tongue? Now, to me, often it's a little bit like that send button on email. Uh, you ever hit send? And then while that wheel is spinning, you say, oh, my Lord, I wish I could take it back. But you know what? You, you can't do it. I mean, once the word is spoken, it's a fait complete. And once the, the letter is delivered, uh, it's a done deal. What do you think of that old saying? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt me. What do you think of that? I think it's a bunch of crock. We've all been very hurt by words. And indeed, we have hurt others by our words. People have told me things that I've said to them years and years ago. And what a difference it made. And if we're completely honest, I don't think many of us would deny that we have a problem with our tongues. Whether you're quick to speak like Manda or slow, we're all ultimately guilty before the law. And the bottom line is frightening if you take the scripture seriously because Jesus said it clearly. I say to you, Jesus said, every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. So what must we do? Well, you can go to Google uh, and get all kinds of advice on ways to tame the tongue. I did it. You know, folks want advice. We're looking for three easy steps for healthier skin, for better golf, to become better fathers, for financial security. And when it comes to the tongue, the number one I think you will find is advice is think before you speak. Number two, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all. And number three, remember Confucius say, good man is slow of speech. And all of these things have some merit. But the problem is, they don't work. They don't work for long anyway. Because in the final analysis, no amount of willpower or determination is going to do the trick. So given our predicament, where do we Christians turn but back to the Bible, because the Bible offers help for the helpless, to quote the old hymn. And James himself offers the only true balm for the human predicament. And later in chapter 4, verse 10, when he promises that God, quote, will exalt all those who humble themselves before him. About 10 years ago. A man whom I had not heard from in years called me one Sunday afternoon as he was traveling down I-20 from the interstate and said, I'm so glad to get you. Can I come into Birmingham? I, you know what? I would like to visit with you. What are you going to say? I said, sure. I was a little uneasy, wondering what in the world. He came in and I invited him to sit outside with me on, on a beautiful afternoon. And it didn't take him long to get to the point. Years ago. I mean, he confessed that years ago he had written something uh, to me that he now regretted. And in fact, what he said was hateful, it was harmful, and it was anonymously written. Now, this is a different sermon 
But words veiled in anonymity can be the most dreadful. I think, you know, you can't reply. The words are there. They, 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 they stick you. But there's no outlet. At any rate, different sermon. The, the man said, said, Frank, I don't know if you even remember my words, but I am the one who wrote them. I've regretted it all these years, and I've come here to say I'm sorry and ask for your forgiveness. And I immediately looked at him. I said, you know what? I've long ago forgotten about those words. And I stopped and I said, that's a lie. I, <clears throat> I remember those words like they were yesterday. And I am still hurt by them. But yes, I absolutely forgive you. And this man, whom I have not heard from in all those years, has become since he sent me that letter, has become a good friend. And he told me that he'd be listening live on an Internet this morning. So welcome also from Bamberg, South Carolina. God bless your friend. Point being, we can use our tongues for a lot of reasons. We can use them to give someone a piece of my, our minds. We can use them to get back or get even. We can fire out like salamanders for all kinds of reasons. But we can also use our tongues to say, I am sorry. We can say, I'm sorry to the person we've hurt, but above all, we can say, I'm sorry to God. We can say, we are not worthy to gather up the crumbs to thy table. Or we can simply say, Father, forgive. Because through the death and resurrection of, of our Lord, we are children of God. Our tongues may be inconsistent, but our status as children is not. Bad-mouthed children are nevertheless children. Our performance does not affect God's love for us, praise God. And vis-a-vis the human condition, we turn to the same old gospel. Do you tire of hearing it again and again and again, the grace of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? I truly know of no other place to turn for refuge, redemption, and release. So when people say that words are cheap, we know it's not so. Words can cost you a lot. They can also transform lives. Simply when we say, Father, forgive. May God draw reluctant hearts and now give doubting souls courage to believe this. For Jesus' sake. Amen.